Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but Jason Jason just called you on your bluff and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. I love a week like this because we're just talking about a mishmash of all the things <laughs> tennis. There's surprisingly a lot going on post Wim- Wimbley. Mm-hmm. It's a hodgepodge of... T- uh- <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that we haven't done this in a while. It's a hodgepodge of topics. I can tell you personally... Post Wimbledon, I know we mentioned a little bit about it in the previous episode in the Wimbledon recap. Um, that was an intense two weeks, an intense fortnight, but the ATP and WTA tour did not stop. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rest for the wicked or for the people who want to improve their ranking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I kind of like it because, you know, th- these tournaments. We haven't got to see before uh, until we became members of WTA TV and um, Tennis TV. Not that we actually watched any of these events that we're going to talk about, because <laughs> that would be a lie. Uh, but we, we know who the winners are because we followed the tennis news and the players' Instagrams. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that is our main research source. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, um, you know, if we weren't all exhausted from Wimbledon, we probably would have watched more. But it's always a good opportunity for these players to uh, be building their ranking. And I, I would say that, you know, back in the day, 15, 20, 18 years ago when Nadal was building up his ranking in Federer, they would have played these smaller events as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just in the review for this week's episode and covering the myriad of tournaments, as you just mentioned, on the ATP and WTA side, there's some actually pretty cool stories to come out of it. You know, full disclosure, I've been at the cottage for the last five days. (laughs) I called... (laughs) Jason knows what I'm about to say. I literally was on the water just just relaxing my life away so you know unlike these women and men that were toiling on the tour (laughs) (laughs) i was just a lazy girl on the lazy river but i mean in the research there's some cool things that came out of the past week yeah and you didn't have like visions of tennis balls dancing in your head you were doing other things i was doing other (laughs) many other things (laughs) (laughs) who were they just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what were their names? <laughs> so, uh, on full disclosure, there were 800 tournaments this weekend. <laughs> Just kidding. There were six. Mm-hmm. Uh, three 250 events on the women's side and three events on the men's side, one of which was a 500, which I mm-hmm. was able to watch the final. That was the only match I watched this week. <laughs> Do you want to start on the men's or the women's? What do you think? Let's start with the women's. I always like to talk about the woman who needs air to breathe. 
<laughs> okay, good place to start. <laughs> you know, again, after dragging her the entire year, she was one of our first stories when tennis resumed at the Australian Open because she hated her circumstances in that hotel. Um, Yulia, to me, is very much like Nick. Like, she gives me, like, a Nick Kyrgios vibe. Mm-hmm. Whatever she's thinking comes out of her mouth. There is zero filter. <laughs> and again, you know, she's this player that when she is on the court, she wears all of her emotions on the sleeve, on her sleeve, whether good or bad. But she ended up winning in Budapest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would probably have everything on your sleeve as well if mice were nibbling on your toes in your <laughs> hotel room under your bed sheets. Right. I mean, maybe that was just the start of her bad luck because apparently there were only two tournaments this year where she won back-to-back matches, so she would have either made the third round or the quarterfinal. But here she is. I mean, congratulations to Yulia for winning Budapest. I'm very happy for her. She was the number one seed, uh, so she was obviously favored against some of the other players, who none of which we know who were in the draw, I would say. <laughs> I am sad for her um, because in terms of we've had this ongoing conversation about trophies. (laughs) Hers was the saddest of the week for sure. Pause. So worse than the wombat served on the tray. Not worse than that, but something that I could go to winners and purchase for $50 and put a nameplate on it kind of thing. Yikes. What did it look like? Was it just you? You grab one of those catalogs from a trophy store. You flip to page fourteen, and you're <laughs> like, "I want that one in a medium size." <laughs> and it sort of ha- has a little base and like a little rectangular sort of, but ornate sort of carved situation. Probably sixty-five bucks. Well, let's just hope her prize money check was. Much larger than that. A, l- a little bit larger. I think the, t- the 250 <laughs> events, the prize money is about 17000 Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. She's got uh, She can buy some mice traps with that. Yeah. And, and cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but congratulations to her. It's her second title. How old is she, by the way? Gosh, I don't know. I would say that she's probably approaching her late 20s. Okay. So she's yeah. been on the tour for a while. So it's one of those, we're in one of those weeks where some of these smaller events, you know, players who have been workhorses on the tour can come and, and you know, claim another title. But we also have Zidancic, who is a younger player, who I mm-hmm. liked. I got, I've come to like watching more and more. Didn't watch her this week, but um, <laughs> she won her first title. In Switzerland. Yeah, in Lausanne. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? I was wondering how you pronounce it. Lausanne, I believe. All you French speakers, Francophones, let let us know. Well, you are Um, one of them. I think Lausanne. Yeah. I do. Um, When I think of Zidane, actually, the women's results really reminded me of your faves for the French Open. Because Zidansek, as we know, took out our girl, Bibi, mm-hmm. in the first round at the French, made it all the way to the semis. And here she is. I think she entered the clay court season outside the top 100. But with this win, she got to number 37. That's crazy. Yeah, number 37. So good for Mrs. Zidansek to win on the clay. I mean, clearly she loves the clay. Mm-hmm. You know, why would she go from 
you know, if you, if that's your favorite service, why would she go from grass to hardcore when, you know, she could throw in another title in there and, there and she accomplished that? Yeah, we're in that sort of interesting time where there's a mix of more clay court events um, before the transition to hardcore. So, yeah, it is it is kind of interesting. But congratulations to her. She's young, I think, like 22 mm-hmm. um, and playing really well and, you know, moving up in the ranks, as you said career high i guess number 37 don't know if it's a career high but i'm assuming so yeah you know if she's young and she was outside the top 100 this is probably her best season mm-hmm. and the other winner was krajikova snatching that third singles title okay so did you know this i know we had mentioned it uh in the wimbledon episode when we were talking about faves going into that slam since her loss at madrid how many matches has krajikova Lost since Madrid. I would say just one. One at Wimbledon. She lost to Barty at Wimbledon. No, three tournament wins out of the French last Open. four. Yeah, I mean, people need to talk a little bit more about her. I watched the highlights of that final. She has. She is so smooth. Mm-hmm. Her forehand is so gorgeous. Her backhand is so smooth. It actually looks like she's not hitting her shots with a lot of velocity and racket head speed. But I think there's just something about her, the mechanics of her stroke that make it look so just buttery. And um, yeah, good good job for her. I mean, I think that she should have a little bit more attention put on her, especially going to the hard court season. U.S. Open, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she should be getting that for sure. I agree with you. Her game is very smooth, and I think what's interesting about it is the fact that you often don't know where she's going to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of those players who is is a bit crafty, and she could be. You could think she's going cross court, but she goes down the line. So three three singles titles from somebody who you thought to be a doubles player about six months ago yeah exactly and i mean just to add there if people haven't made the dots connected the dots yet but her loss to Barty at wimbledon was to the eventual winner Mm -hmm. so you know it's not like she lost to someone that she shouldn't have lost to she lost to the winner so i mean she's riding a nice high this krajikova Mm -hmm. and one of the critiques of the WTA players generally is that there's a lack of consistency and Mm -hmm. she's proving at least for the last you know three months that she can be there and be consistent so we'll see if that transitions uh, into the hardcore but it's also probably nice for her to have won at home Mm -hmm. yes that's right Um, Prague 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 (laughs) so that's it for the ladies and i think there's like 18 more events this week (laughs) we're just exaggerating but it seems like there's a lot i mean i guess coming off last year where there was literally no events and like our episodes were literally reviews of like previous years (laughs) you know just this this new influx of tournaments i also feel like there are new tournaments Mm -hmm. so it's hard to know it's not hard to know, but it's hard to follow all of them um, with as much accuracy, I guess. Yeah. But 
hey girl we did it yeah i think when where there was sort of gaps in the schedule or in the calendar some cities decided oh let's try and start a tournament like there's a tournament this week in palermo which it says it's the 32nd um Mm -hmm. in italy uh and then there's another tournament in poland this week okay on the wta tour yeah on the wta tour and then the olympics and belgrade and charleston next week Ooh, charleston's gonna be fun yeah we're gonna talk about the olympics in a bit but first the men's winners from last week were rude (laughs) how rude in sweden cute was that event on clay i can't remember oh gosh i think so i think that that's the event on clay Obviously, he's struggled the last month, month and a half, but uh, finding his form again and winning another title and being all cute for our followers. I know his hair's grown out a little bit. Yeah. And he just, that picture that you posted on RG makes him look even more snackish. Snackity snack snackish. <laughs> uh, Kevin Anderson, who I love. Yay, Kevin! I know it's, it's, weird to love a guy who's sort of just a solid player and a nice guy and maybe is a bit boring on the court but I just love his intensity and I loved how at you know early 30s somebody who developed uh, kind of like a Vavrinka in a way although he hasn't really won any slams but he made a final uh, twice at the US Open and, and Wimbledon so yeah like him yeah kevin won in newport he won in newport on grass yeah and uh apparently the guy that he played uh the name escapes me but he's like a next gen kind of guy okay um 22 year old so you know i'm not sure how deep that draw was but to your point nice to see kevin make a comeback you know it whatever however big the check that's collected especially in this post-covid tennis world where no checks were <laughs> zero zero checks were collected last year you know it's nice to it's nice to get these players money in their pockets mm-hmm. and i think the 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 only match that i watched <laughs> this week <laughs> um uh pcb mm. his game is very underrated like watching that match he he kind of decimated Kranovich just mm. with his power pushing him back um, incredible shot making I was just so impressed but it just speaks to how great these other players are that this is his first ATP 500 event at 30 years old like that's crazy PCB? PCB he's never won You're- a 500 level tournament before your boy PCB is 30. She looked really young. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Krajanovich. <laughs> uh, there was some uh, Krajanovich for sure. <laughs> I I mean, I saw the semifinal results. Uh, I didn't know how it would go in the final. I just assumed that Krajanovich kind of caught fire and would take home his maiden trophy. But for swings at the ball... Am I doing a baseball analogy <laughs> on a tennis podcast? <laughs> four, four strikes and you're out. <laughs> four, four, four strikes and you're out. <laughs> I'm straight, everyone. Um, and uh, yeah, poor guy. I mean, that his um, his tears and his kind of 
defeat speech was blasted all over kind of tennis media. Yeah. But it's nice. I, you wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected that from him, but you can tell how much it meant to him to to lose and how much the sport means to him mm-hmm. as a player. Yeah, I think I heard. Uh, I don't know if uh, I heard it quoted that he didn't have much in the way of expectations going into that tournament. So to make a final, to beat Sitsi Pass, who you know wants to be coached at every point, but. Obviously, it wouldn't have worked out for him <laughs> in that particular event. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, that was pr- a big win for him uh, to, and to make a final. And he probably felt like he had a, a good chance and he was playing really well. But, you know, PCB was on fire in that match. Right. I, I'm sure. What's the name of that Instagram account that we follow that just posts all of the hot guys in their ATP dudes? ATP dudes, they have a lot of new material. Oh, do they? So sure. Oh, I'm sure. They follow From nobody. Pri- they follow nobody. Krajanovic is one of their favorites. Yeah. And thankfully for them, his kit stay- has stayed white. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely more content. To there's a for lot them. of white shorts happening there for sure. <laughs> yeah. I tried to find. Uh, so I'm also sponsored by Lacoste. Just so uh, <laughs> in case anybody was wondering, I can't find the the headband. I think the last time we played, I told you I wanted to find a, a headband and I wanted to, because I'm sponsored by Lacoste, they, sh- <laughs> they should really just be sending me these things. But uh, How dare they? I was at Lacoste in, in, the, in the mall, Young Dundas Square. What's that mall called? Oh my God. <laughs> Toronto, Toronto. The Eaton Toronto Center. Eaton Center. <laughs> oh my God. It only has the name of our city I in the mall. I know. I just, I haven't been there forever, so I forgot the name. And then I went online and they don't sell the headbands either. Oh, that's strange. They just make them for the players? What the F? I want to buy tennis one. Tennis Warehouse? Maybe. You want to check out Tennis Warehouse? But don't, they don't send things to Canada, do they? Oh my God. I, we're not going to get into so that. That's, like I had an, I had an entire shopping cart full of stuff. I'm like, sorry, we don't we don't ship to Canada. Okay, we useless. we digress, but, um, but you know, we should be shopping at Merchant. Yes, to be honest. I I was there. I got I'm getting my rackets restrung, and I'm have a loaner that I'm gonna hit with you tomorrow using. So, okay, we'll see yes. how it goes. But uh, okay, that's a wrap on uh, all of the men's action. But we're going. Mm. We're we're all sort of looking forward to the Olympics coming up next week are okay are we (laughs) (laughs) that is that's true okay so i i said that because um many of us were wondering uh Mm. there was a general wonderment i think over the last probably three or four weeks whether it was going to be any good because we kept getting messages Mm. like this (laughs) to my fans I would like to inform everyone that I have made a very difficult decision to not play in the Tokyo Olympics, (laughs) period. I have many amazing memories winning the gold while competing and representing Belarus in previous games. (laughs) But with all the challenges we are facing as it relates to the pandemic, I know in my heart this is the right decision for myself and team. I look forward to returning <laughs> to the 2024 Olympics in Paris to represent Belarus. I wish all my fellow athletes a safe, healthy, and successful games. Love, 
Vika. <laughs> that is whack because I have on my computer screen a tab open to another player that posted a very similar message, and I thought you were reading mine. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> here's mine. <clears throat> to all my amazing fans, I would like to inform you that I have made the very difficult decision. Is it not verbatim, <laughs> like word for word? Very difficult decision to not play in the Tokyo Olympics later this month. I have been dreaming of representing Canada at the Olympics since I was a little girl. But with all the challenges we are facing as it relates to the pandemic, oh my I know that... Right? Isn't it? <laughs> whack. What? It's whack. I know that deep in my heart, this is the right decision to make for myself. I look forward to representing Canada in future Fed Cup ties and competing at the 2024 Olympics in Paris. Love, Bianca. <laughs> well, I mean, she, she just... She, she wrote that entire letter and just put the letter B at the end. B. B. Can't even tell us ba- her full name. Baby B. Baby B. Is that, <laughs> that is whack. Is that not verbatim what you just read? I got one more. Okay. To all my fans back home. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I have decided not to take part in the Olympic Games in Tokyo this year. Several factors have played into this difficult decision. Which, is in, which include an aggravated right shoulder that will need rest to prevent further injury. This was one of the hardest professional decisions I've ever had to make. Playing for your country is the biggest honor in sport, and going to the Olympics is every young child's dream, as it was mine. I had to be honest with myself that I am both physically and mentally not able to make the trip. I will go back to the to home <laughs> to oh my god I will go back to home to rest rehab and spend time with family capital F on the family and hope <laughs> to be ready for the hardcore swing thank you all for the support as always your friend and person who competed in Newport Vashik Pospisil <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Do you think there's like a WhatsApp group with a template? What are you saying? So I just, uh, what are, what are you going to say? So I can, I can say something almost exactly. (laughs) I I mean, all of the elements are there. It goes without saying that these three messages spoke the truth. Obviously, you know, it's an honor to represent your country. Honestly, a lot of people have thought about representing their country. If they're an athlete since they were children. Yeah. Um, you know, to all my fans, uh, is it wrong for me to be irritated by all of that? Is that wrong? Am I, we're, am I, am, am I a bad person? <laughs> obviously we're being a little bit facetious, uh, playing with the fact that all of the messages sounded <laughs> almost the same. I, I wonder about this whole, um, tennis and the Olympics. Uh, obviously there's mm. a different history with the olympics and tennis specifically the olympics are are in many ways i think most of the sports are sort of amateur based so Mm -hmm. a lot of the profile that comes to the athletes who uh go to compete there the profile that they build on on the result of you know winning golds and and silvers and multiple medals ends up helping the their future um, livelihood, whether it be like 
endorsements or sponsorships, but tennis professional tennis players have all of that. And this is just right. sort of an added thing. You know, they're not getting paid to do, but they obviously want to compete. But I think when it comes to professional tennis, perhaps, you know, the financial piece weighs into it a bit and maybe mm. the health uh the health piece as well for people who you know wanna like Vashik wants to focus on the hardcore season where he can make uh, more of the dollars where he's not really gonna get any from the olympics i know the reason why i'm upset okay like in your explanation i just really delved deep into the reason why i was <laughs> upset with all of those cop-out messages as to why they're not participating in the olympics does that mean you weren't I, listening to me i mean half listening <laughs> okay. sorry that's okay <laughs> I l- love the Olympics, love, mm-hmm. because I love Steffi Graf. And as we all know, Steffi Graf was the gold medal winner at the 1988 Olympics in Seoul. Um, I love all the pomp and circumstance around the Olympics. I love the fucking arrow on fire at the 1992 Barcelona, Barcelona Olympics. Yeah. I love when... Uh, sports and athletes collide and they're all together in that huge Olympic dome, you know, in the spirit of peace and uh, competition. I am a huge Olympic fan. And for those reasons that you just mentioned, the Olympics has never been as important as as the Grand Slams in the tennis world. Um, But, you know, look at Venus and Serena. They have been part of the Olympics for the past... I think five, five Olympics or so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they talk about representing their country and being there and the fact that only is once every four years, there's a spirit and that's attached that just makes it transcendent to me. So I don't know why anyone given the opportunity would say, no, I do not want to play in the Olympics, go to the Olympics and lose in the first round. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and so I am kind of sad. I am upset. I'm just a whole ball of emotions because all of these withdrawals just means that the event that's already suffering because of the fact that there's no fans, because it's COVID, you know, is not going to be a premier event with eyeballs on it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the, that's what I'm kind of working through. That felt like a, you know, like a, um, a therapy session. <laughs> well, um, would you like to lay down on the chaise? <laughs> I mean, don't tar- charge me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. There will not be any literal eyeballs on the event in person. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the reasons why some players, I think, have bowed out, particularly Nick Kyrgios. He's like, fuck this, man. I'm not going to play if there's <laughs> not going to be any fans. That's BS. Yeah. Uh, other players have had, um, I think th- they just have this feeling like the COVID situation is a bit too much. Although mm. the cases in Tokyo are not that bad. It's, you know, a state of emergency there is like there's 700 cases in the whole city of what, 10 million people. But mm. they take it, I think, a little bit more seriously. And the, the, public had put pressure to have no fans so uh there is that but then there's a few players like coco and alex de manure who actually tested positive before and and were not Mm. able to compete yeah i mean i we posted on our ig uh whether people would be into watching the olympics so whether it was going to be a boom or a bust 
I had no idea how people were going to vote. Most of most people said it was going to be a bust. So, you know, particularly with the fact that there's going to be ATP and WT tournaments running concurrently with the Olympics, like the Rogers Cup, right, is going to, no, perhaps not, or the National Bank Open. I thought maybe there would be a little bit of overlap with the Olympics. But, I mean, when you have eyeballs kind of um, spread out, it just it loses its luster. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame, especially with, you know, some really fascinating stories heading into the Olympics. Djokovic going in, vying for the, the Golden Slam. Um, we had a really nice discussion with one of his fans, and we were talking about how he's vulnerable. If Of any of the slams, he's going to be... Sorry, if, of any of the tournaments to win the Golden Slam, the Olympics was going to be the one where he has the he has the weakest spot because it's a best of three situation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I just am sad for the event itself. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, in, on the flip side of the coin, because I'm always like devil's advocate and try to be optimistic. When you look at Mm -hmm. the players who are seated, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of folks missing. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. that was sort of the realization I had when I looked at the seeds. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, Federer is not there. We kind of knew that. Uh, Nadal, we knew about like five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis is working on his newest single on a boat with his girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, But it seems like everyone else is there. Djokovic, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Zverev, uh, Rublev, mm-hmm. a- a- FAA. You know? Yeah, the men's draw looks good. Um, especially, the, I'd say the top five there look really good. Um, Nadal and Federer obviously being absent. The women's draw, okay. Yeah, Barty, Osaka, Sabalenka, Svitolina. I mean, Svitolina just got married a week ago, or maybe even less than mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. So, you know, I wonder how, how focused she's going to be. Um yeah, there. When you look at the the seeds laid out there in front of you, it definitely looks like there's depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish that there was more. You know, I just wish that there was more um, attention put to it. I wish there was more kind of excitement built about the event. Um, you know, watching these players on IG that have arrived in Tokyo, like I watched Schwartzman, I, Schwartzman's IG story, and uh, you know, he posted a cute little selfie. Like twenty four hours later, I've arrived in Tokyo. Like that's the kind of stuff that makes it exciting. Yeah. But I just feel like the media hasn't picked up on, on any of it. Like the tennis media really hasn't kind of made a, a hullabaloo of over it, and that kind of is sad to me. Is it hubbubaloo? Hullabaloo? Hubba. <laughs> are you making a joke? Or are you asking me a legitimate <laughs> question? Is it a hubbubaloo? Hu- hu- or who? I'm pretty hubba- sure it's a. Hu- Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Yeah. Oh. A hullabaloo. 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 <laughs> oh my God. I think this is a teaser. <laughs> uh, I appreciate all of the players who are posting and very excited about it. Mugu, Kavitova. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, Tom Hill gave us a tour of his room and showed us As the he- cardboard bed. <laughs> As he usually does. Yeah, all of that's very cute. They're all like on single beds, and I'm sure 
that's very different for these players who have millions of dollars and they think it's probably sweet and fun and like a once in a lifetime experience. So yeah, yeah. And um, and where else are you gonna have a bidet in your accommodations? Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, did you, I did you... I don't know that, but it's Tokyo, so I assume there is. Yeah, I mean, a different, new, exciting experience, and uh, I'm gonna try my best to. Uh, watch highlights, watch the matches, however way can streaming, because I love the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to remember. You know, we've talked about how Djokovic is going for the Golden Slam. Mm-hmm. Lest we forget, he was knocked out in the first round at last Olympics in 2016 by mm-hmm. none other than your boy my boy Juan Martin this was when he was making his comeback you know if Federer was there he probably would have beat him too but he <laughs> beat two of the big three in Djokovic and then Nadal in the semis only to fall to two-time gold medalist Andy Murray who's also coming back yeah I mean Murray is going to be really fascinating to see how he kind of plays. Um, I think the best of three format is going to be good for him. I don't. I mean, if you if we had to do kind of a quick pick, who could? Uh, you know what? Who knows? I mean, Djokovic, Medvedev, and C- the, those top four seeds: Djokovic, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, and Zverev. Those three, two, three, and four, could take Djokovic out in three. Yeah. I mean, again, lest we forget, it was uh, Tsitsipas that was up two sets you know, at the French to Joko. Mm-hmm. So they just got to play well. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, my money's on Joko to win that. And if he magically wins the U.S. Open, my God, what an insane accomplishment that would be. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we have to talk about Kay, who is also the mm. bronze medalist from the last Olympics. Kay defeated nadal in the bronze medal match so he's playing in his home olympics which is probably exciting and nerve-wracking although again in front of nobody yeah i mean i i was just gonna say that like uh i mean the olympics you need the crowd you need the crowd and especially it's in japan that's so unfortunate that there are no hometown fans there to like liven up that atmosphere Mm -hmm. you know anyway but the other the other player who's playing for Japan and maybe feeling some pressure is Naomi. What mm-hmm. do you think are her chances? Obviously, she's returning after a little hiatus. I mean, what are her chances? Let's see. Um, she's had no practice. No, I mean, obviously no match practice. Um, she's had a lot of practice in front of the camera <laughs> for uh, Sports Illustrated. She's also had a lot of practice, you know, I guess with her team in Time Magazine, uh, I don't Vogue. know. She's a big Vogue. She's a big wild card to me. Um, I mean, but this is her favorite surface, and it's at home. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to see a Barty Osaka final. You know, someone that's um, toiled on the tour for the past few months, won her Wimbledon championship against Osaka, who's you know phenomenal on hard court. I think that would be a crazy matchup to see Mm -hmm. it's one of those rivalries we've talked about we like we want we want the Barty Osaka we want a new rivalry with Bianca when she's not saying dear fans (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly we want you know Sviantec to do well we want some more Mugu in the mix Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think there could be, you know, six girls who could really like be going to snatch those titles. Krajikova. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's seated number eight. So unfortunately, we can't really talk about the draw in any of these cases because it's not out yet. But, um, you know, the seeds are out and Aldwin's hoping for number <laughs> number one versus number two. Number one versus number two. I also, a sentimental favorite is uh, Kiki Burton's. Remember, she announced that this would be her last year on the WTA tour. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice for her to get a medal, you know, to close her career where she's done so well at the WTA premier events, 500 level events, really hasn't, did not break through at a slam. But for her to come away with a medal a la Dementieva, you know, Elena Dementieva, that would be a nice kind of cap off to her career. Mm-hmm. I, I want to add, I am so sad that Serena and Venus aren't there. Yeah. Yes, v- I've said Venus needed to s- retire like a long time ago. Hard to watch her play the Grand Slams and lose in the first and second round. How do you think we're but- ever going to get her on our show if you keep saying these things? Well, I mean, I'm just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I, listen, I love Venus. That's the reason why I'm talking about her. Venus and Serena are have been steadfast Olympic presences for the past five Olympic Games, mm-hmm. and for them not to, to not be there, you know, and just vie for another doubles t- doubles gold medal. They've got four, four Olympic doubles, like gold medal. That is crazy, insane. And it would have been nice for them to try and win a fifth. According to Wikipedia, they only have three. But oh, Serena sorry. has four because she won the singles in London. Right. Yeah. And Venus has four because she won the singles in Sydney. I'm only look. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. Oh, so they both have. They both four have gold four medals. gold medals. Oh my god! I was I was trying to like keep people from coming for you, but you <laughs> were correct. There you go. Nice. Well, um, hopefully we can figure out how to watch this thing because (laughs) we have cbc here in canada we have nbc i think which will have the coverage in the u.s so we know potentially we'll be able to catch the canadian and the american players and likely Mm. the semi-final final matches but it's hard to know how much of the other matches you'll get to see Right. Um, and I think it. we should, uh, even though we've been kind of like ragging on the Olympics and sad that there's no fans, our Canadian contingent, Felix, good luck. You can do it, boy. Layla. Women singles. Layla. You know, this is this is a good opportunity for her mm-hmm. to be, to represent Canada. And of course, our women's dubs who are probably going to do really well because they do so well individually on their own kind of doubles teams. Gabby Dabrowski and Sharon Fickman. Mm-hmm. So we got a we got a good team going to Tokyo. I was excited to see Layla's post where she was on the plane and mm-hmm. coming off the plane. She's eighteen. She's so excited. She's so excited. She's representing Canada. See, that's the excitement mm-hmm. that I'm into. Yeah, love it. Okay, yeah. anything else on the Olympics? Um, no. Okay, great. Um, what were your thoughts on all this stuff with Naomi? I mean, you mentioned a few of her media outings. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, okay. So, you know, you and I have talked about this before. It's a very sensitive topic. Yeah. It's a very sensitive topic, but. We should put that know, on the table. It's a sensitive 
topic. Yeah, it's a, mental it's health. A sensitive, yeah, totally. It's a sensitive topic. We understand everyone's kind of point of view when it comes to to Naomi. Um, it's it's very um, polemic. You get a lot of people with strong opinions that have come for us, that have come for us on Facebook. But you know, we're here to share our opinion. Um, I guess the impetus for my current uh, reasoning around Naomi came when I watched that she had broken her silence about her reasons for not having any media coverage or talking to the media at the French Open on GMA, on Good Morning America. And then from that kind of three-minute clip, we found out not really much new, to be honest, because she said in that clip that the reason why she didn't want to talk to the media was because she wanted to take a mental health break. And, um, you know, she was pretty explicit when she was talking about how she wanted to, you know, um, she had experienced, um, you know, difficulties with her mental health, so therefore she didn't want to talk to the media. But, you know... A logical question any person can ask when something like that comes up is if you wanted to take a mental health break, girl, why are you out on Sports Illustrated cover? Why are you, you know, why did your team say yes to an interview with Time magazine? Um, why, why, why are you allowing those particular media outlets access to you? when you're not giving access to yourself at a tournament, which is part of your job description. Yeah. So, you know, it to me, it's a bit suspect. I think there's, I'll, I'll let you talk in a second, but I think there's two sides to this. Is it positive that she, you know, broke her silence and shared with her personal story with, you know, millions of people out there that are experiencing mental health, you know, that can look at her as kind of um, a role model? Absolutely. But... Let's not let's not sweep under the rug the fact that she likely had. Didn't you say that she has a new um, swimsuit endorsement or something? I think she has a swimsuit contract, which was probably part of. I mean, I don't know if it was connected to the SI cover, but she's obviously the first uh, Japanese Haitian um, athlete Mm -hmm. to be on the cover, um, Mm -hmm. modeling a multiple swimsuits which i guess you do when you're on the cover so yeah and i mean my final point is like let's not sweep under the rug the fact that she's clearly earning lots of money from these endorsements Mm -hmm. you know so to me on its face it's like she's trying to control the narrative when she's at a tournament and she you know it's for her mental health she doesn't want to talk to any of the press but it's okay for her public relations team to approve media interviews with specific outlets outlets where she's undoubtedly cashing in on that money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is it good for people that are experiencing mental health to see that? Yes. But, I mean, I think it's a little disingenuous when you say you want to have a complete media blackout, but then you have all of these media outlets writing stories about you. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, the timing of all of it is just so interesting because obviously she was feeling a bit vulnerable about um her play on the clay Mm -hmm. that was pretty clear i think there were you know even statements from members of her family coming out which are you know probably not something she (laughs) really would have wanted because you don't want your family talking about how (laughs) how how concerned vulnerable yeah how concerned Mm -hmm. you are about your own play on a surface that you're still trying to figure out. 
And all of these other things that you talked about, you know, the Vogue, the SI, we didn't even mention the Netflix docu-series. Right, that's it. Which is a whole other thing. You know, all of this had to have been sort of planned uh, to sort of build up to her appearance at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, again, it's all very um, interesting timing in light of what she you know said about not wanting to uh speak to the media as part of her participation in tournaments and it does set you up for um critique and criticism when when many people know people who are your fans and who help you know line your pockets as a player they know that Mm -hmm. you're being paid for all of these opportunities um but at the same time you don't want to avail yourself for five minutes at the career that empowers you to make all of these money and have all of the endorsements and privilege that you have. So yeah, I, we all love her. We all want her to do well, but it seems odd um, within the context of sort of taking a mental health break to then see all of these covers and see the launch of this Netflix series. And I think that's all we're sort of saying that I think uh, <clears throat> some of the criticism that's going to come um, comes from people's questions about um how you can you know say one thing and say you want to take a break from interviews and then all of these other media opportunities are coming out yeah i mean i'm trying to find an analogy but it would be yeah it would be me like it'd be me saying um i am going to take a break from teaching because you know it's it's you know the toil is difficult some my class is really difficult and then finding out that like I'm tutoring on the side. Right. Kind maybe that's maybe that's not the best analogy, but it's kind of the same. You know, so listen, it, we're we're all we're just like raising the question and I th- and I know. I know for a fact that there are millions of people out there that have the same question. Um, you know, clearly we're treading lightly because we're afraid of the perception that an opinion like this will will have, but you know, that's just that's what we are we're an opinion podcast Mm -hmm. and you know we share our opinion and we're transparent with everyone and you don't have to like our opinion but i mean it's a question that i'm sure that i know for a fact thousands and millions of people out there have that is the same and i think we'll hear from people after they listen to this episode (laughs) (laughs) i I would be interested to hear what people think and and have to say about it yeah, I we love that, right? Like we love when people go into our DMs. I mean, as long as you're being respectful and you're not attacking, you know, we did mention on a previous podcast the kind of vitriol that people spew to the actual players. Like we don't want none of that. No. But I mean, if you have an opinion about something that's informed, um and even if it's not informed, you know, share it. And uh that's what discussion is about so listen we are ragging i am ragging on naomi i don't know if you're gonna jump in on the bandwagon with me but it is suspect to me i think it's more it's not interesting timing it's like suspicious timing Hmm. for me yeah i mean i don't think you can you know hide from the fact that all of these opportunities are meant to sort of come out with with a bang with the fact that she's with that she's playing in tokyo Mm -hmm. i'm 
it, it is a, a little bit suspect. I just think the timing is is sort of poor for what happened for her on the clay court season. And maybe that was a rash decision. And, and I think she admits that she could have communicated that uh, differently. But mm-hmm. now we're in the place that we, we all obviously hope that she does well at the Olympics in her home yeah, country. Like, why couldn't her team have said, okay, how are you? Is everything okay? You know, have you taken the time that you need to recuperate? Um, and then made made a public uh, announcement. Okay, everyone, fans, thank you for giving me my time. Um, now I'm ready to speak with the media. And then release all of those articles and Sports Illustrated covers and whatnot. I mean, I think behind the scenes, you could have easily been like, hey, can you hold off on the release of this cover? Yeah. If that's what you really wanted to do. Um, but... Yeah, it just kind of, it's it, it leaves me with a bit of an ill feeling. Yeah, you got to gobble up all of them endorsements, I guess, while you can. Yeah, and now, I mean, again, you were saying before, it sets her up to be like, okay, well, what are you going to do now that you're at the Olympics and at the U.S. Open? Are you going to take media now? You know, and then the people that had an opinion about her in that way are going to go harder at her. Yeah. Like, I will definitely be like, okay, you, you had time to do all of those articles, and now you don't want to talk to the media at the Olympics at the U.S. Open. Like, girl, go by. I'm done. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully she's, you know, uh, taking the time she needs, and mm-hmm. uh, she'll have a bit more time uh, for the media um, now that she's on a surface that she can play really well on. So <laughs> 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 we love you, uh. Naomi. Yes, we love you, Naomi. Yeah. We do. Just be smart. Good luck in Tokyo. Uh, okay, we had we wanted to end with a couple of like we'll call them like quick hits. Okay. Quick volleys. Um, I saw on Instagram <laughs> that Nick Curios was hanging out with Milos. Did you see that? I did not. It's like where, a dichotomy of personalities. You mean like one. Uh, has no mouth and the other one has the loudest mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were hitting in the Bahamas. So I think, I don't know if Milos has a place there or just like trains there. So they they were both hitting together and I guess, you know, prepping for the hardcore season. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, what did they do in the video? Were they like they were, rowing it up? They were hitting Oh, nice. on the court. Yeah. In other uh, Nick Curios news, because we do like to talk about him, he <laughs> uh, commented on a post from the one and only boy ex boyfriend of yours, Sitsipas. <laughs> I forgot that he was my ex boyfriend. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> were you trying to forget after he made this comment, or do you have some opinions about it? Um. Okay. Why don't you introduce the coaching comment? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we can riff on that. So again. obviously, Sitsi is a player that needs a lot of coaching <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> he, he uh i mean he got coaching from me he, right but that's not on the tennis court is it <laughs> um so he uh feels like coaching should be allowed um and to a pretty significant extent perhaps uh so here's what he said on the twitter mm. coaching on every point should be allowed in tennis what else would he have been talking about? <laughs> the sport needs to embrace it. We're probably one of the only global sports that doesn't use coaching during the play. Make it legal. 
it's about time the sport takes a big step forward. On every point? Yeah, like what you... I, I don't... First of all, what does that look like? You know, in between... In between a point, are you looking at your coach? Is he saying something to you? Can he give you signals? Can he or she give you signals? Um, I don't like that. Yeah, it's kind of like the the first or third base coach, like, gra- or or the the pitcher, like grabbing their crotch and like touching behind their ear to do signals or something. I don't I don't know what every point looks like. Yeah, I mean, and do you need coaching every point? Like, that's if you need coaching every point, you need to not be a tennis player. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like the one reason that I, one of the reasons why I love tennis is because when you're out there, you're out there on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a battle, uh, it's a mental battle as much as it is a physical and skills battle, and you know, the appropriate amount of coaching, you know, after however many times they're allowed to call their coach over, I think is sufficient enough. Mm Um, but you want to see the player work it out themselves. I mean, that's why um, when players come from behind, it's so phenomenal. When players are up and have a complete disastrous choke, it's also interesting to see. But I don't know. This coaching every point is silly to me. I agree with you. That's one of the beauties of the sport that you're sort of out there on the, on your own, you know, both physically and mentally. You have to kind of figure it out. Um, the great players figure out when they're down, like Djokovic, down two sets to love. He figures out, I'm up 2-1. If I get this break, maybe I can win the match and then wins the French Open. That's obviously an ex- uh, an extreme <laughs> uh, example of a player who has like extreme mental resilience. But that that is one of the things I think that we like about the sport. Like we're down six love, three love can we figure it out i think to some extent maybe you can have coaching on the court I'd, what did you what do you think of how the wta was pre-pandemic i think they were allowed was it two coaching visits or were they allowed just generally allowed to have the coach come at any point in the match i forget what the rule was I, I sincerely don't remember what the rule was. Um, there is a limit to how many times, obviously, you can call your coach onto the court. And I thought that that was enough. I mean, you know, how how different can a strategy change within one set? I mean, if you're allowed to coach calls within the set, like, you know, and this is this is something that you've probably discussed with your team beforehand. Like, you know, that's why you do the scouting. That's why, you know, if I were to play you, I would hit to your backhand, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm not... <laughs> Shady. And I'm... Well, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's something that you practice with your coach. So I'm not... Maybe it's just like words of affirmation right. that they need. I don't know. But, like, do I want to see coaches constantly on the court given their, like, signals and their their whatever code words? Not really. As we prepare for Montreal, I ask that pe- people don't hit to my backhand, please. <laughs> I agree <laughs> well, with I mean, you. Yeah. I agree with you. Every point, th- w- he lost me at every point, which was his third and fourth word in the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every point's too much, honey. Yeah. Can you still Who call him t- honey? I, well, I call everybody honey. Okay. But now it's like, you know, friend honey. Gotcha. Like, if if I see him, it wouldn't be awkward. We're like good friends now. Gotcha. You know, we might hook up every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't see anything happening there. 
the reason why we wanted to bring up Curios is because Curios commented on his tweet via his, <laughs> his Twitter uh, saying, I usually don't mind his ideas, but this one is terrible. Yeah, and we agree with it. We agree wholeheartedly with Nick. Yeah, usually we um, we don't agree with someone who calls us albatrosses, but um, yeah. we agree with you, buddy. Yeah, Come on our show. We- we agree with you. We agree to disagree. Yeah, and Sitsi uh, had a comeback to that. What did he say? He said, I'll help find you a coach or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the tit for tat, see? Yeah. Yeah, like no, it's good. It's very entertaining. I think Pass is starting to develop a little bit of a reputation, which risks him becoming... Uh, getting into that Federer lane because mm-hmm. even Kranovich I think was a little bit annoyed with him during their match where Kranovich won I saw an mm-hmm. article where he said he was calling out during an overhead in the match and um, just some <laughs> of his behavior was a bit suspect and so I think he just he just needs to be careful because um, you know Medvedev doesn't like him and you wonder <laughs> You think Medvedev's kind of a bad boy, but there are people who are starting to have red flags about your ex. Well, you know, personality, I I find this, like if you're just, whatever personality you have, that's the personality that you're going to be on court. And if you're not being true to that, then you're not going to win matches. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in our relationship, yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I broke up with him is because he's kind of annoying (laughs) and kind of clingy. And like always wanted to talk to me and prophesizing on the balcony where I shared that story. So, you know, love him, cherish the moment. Another terrible idea. Agree with Nick here. So, yeah, uh, Steph can take several seats. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting annoyed with his, all of his posts where he holds up signs that he's put words on? Uh, I mean... I just am indifferent to it. Like, I'll look at it and I'm like, okay. There, I mean, we've seen that joke before. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting a little played out. He he incorporated a new element to it by having Patrick Mortoglu um, hold, uh, holding a of- sign with him. <laughs> I mean, it's cute. Sure. I mean, he does look like the sign guy, so it's kind of spot on in that respect. <laughs> I did like the one where he was suffering from allergy issues. That was cute. <laughs> Uh, the final note, we would like to give a shout out to our girl, Rebecca. Oh, yay. Yeah. Who won uh, an ITF 25K event in Indiana. We love Indiana because we go to that GLTA event there almost every year um, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the up and up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of in the same vein as when she decided to come back to tennis the first time around. And uh, she won all of those tournaments in Asia. Mm-hmm. So that w- that's fantastic for her. So we just wish her continued success. We didn't know where she was flying to. And we knew she posted on IG, like, guess where I'm flying to? Um, but, you know, we sent her a nice message and said, wherever you fly to, we hope you win. Mm. And she did. Yeah. And just a small plug to check out our interview with her, if you haven't listened to it. I think one of the most interesting things that she said in that conversation was about her story and you know do you think this is the I forget what what her answer was but she continues to write the next chapter in her story you know she retired Mm -hmm. at 22 
Uh, she sort of briefly came back, um, and now she's full on back. She qualified for Aussie Open and made the second round, and you know she has hopes and dreams to continue to move up. So I posted on her IG, keep keep writing that story, girl. Yeah, keep writing that story. We're gonna keep writing our story of our podcast. We are, and uh, we hope that. What will fuel us to keep writing our story is if you, <laughs> I, I, I see the expression on your face, check out our Patreon page. If you follow us on IG, first of all, thank you to all of the hundreds of new followers that we have. Yeah. That's amazing. Very cool. Um, we hope that you enjoy our library and uh, don't forget to link in our bio, we have all of the links to our social platforms, including our new Patreon page. Thank you to those that have become new patrons of ours. We will continue to make amazing, fabulous, shady, opinionated content. And um, yeah, check out our Patreon page. There's different tiers for you to choose from. And if you have any questions, just slide into our DMs. Yeah. Okay. Great. You're you're good at these. Uh, you know, once we get a sponsor, you'll be great at the sponsor reads too. <laughs> okay. Lacoste. Look, La- Lacoste. <laughs> um, okay. Until next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.